Well, hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is Gris Alves, your host. And today I would like to introduce you guys my guest, Robin Clare, who is a spiritual author, life and writing and recovery coach. And she reached out to me, I don't know, a few weeks ago about wanting to share about her book, about her recovery, about her journey with um, struggling with food addiction, bulimia for decades, and just uh, all of the information that she's gotten, well, throughout, your, throughout her journey. So I'm looking forward to you telling us all about this and your books and your experience. And welcome, Robin, to Tales of Recovery. Thank you. For Thank you, Grace. I'm so, so excited to be here. Um, yeah, so I see here that you have, well, not just one or two books, the, the Messiah Within, The Divine Keys, and now Feast and Famine, Healing with Grace. And so, yeah, in the podcast, we talk about lots of different modalities and journeys to recovery. I believe that not just 12-step meetings and not just addictions of drugs, but life in general brings us so many opportunities to heal and different modalities to heal you know there's um a lot of mm -hmm. guests have done whatever we want recovery from cancer through holistic ways or, or plant medicine to right. addictions or 12-step program or just in general dealing with you know having trouble with the family or whatever so i would like us if you could just let us know how did you you know how long did you struggle with food eating disorder and yeah you get to a point where you were like okay i need to do something about this. Yes. So I was actually in obsessive compulsive food disorder and bulimia um, for f over 40 years. And wow. I have been trying for a long time to stop. Um, but I just, I couldn't stop. And what I discovered is that, so I'm an author, a spiritual author. I am a channel for the Ascended Masters. And I was really struggling with my bulimia and so wanted to stop. And I actually received a message from Sophia, who uh, most people know as the Holy Spirit, but she is also a divine, that the, the divine feminine. And she's really the mother of the universe as God is the father of the universe. And she came to me to ask me to write a book. She wanted to share her perspective on how to receive the grace of recovery, but she also wanted me to write about my journey through addiction since I'm 17 years old. But the problem was, is that I wasn't in recovery, but I thought I would, you know, fake it until I make it. And so I wrote the book the first time working with Sophia. And at the end, I was like, well, I hope these teachings work for you because they didn't work for me and have a nice life. That, I'm thinking, oh, wow. that is not the ending of a book. So I put the book down until I received a message from a said to me that your grandmother is here. And she says to tell you that if you don't stop with the bulimia, if you don't bury the bulimia, your family will bury you. And so you would think that would be enough to stop, but like an alcoholic who has to have one more glass of wine, I needed to have one more 
experience of eating whatever I wanted, knowing I could throw up type of evening. And when I threw up that last evening, I had blood coming out of my face and I had pain in all of my organs. And I never felt that bad ever doing this or ever in my life as bad as I felt that night. And I knew that my body was saying to me, this is it. This is truly rock bottom. And I knew that if I continued that I would have, I probably would die from it just like my grandmother said. And so I was sort of scared straight and that opened me up to be able to do some serious, serious healing work on the traumas that began, uh, that, be, that, that were in my life from my childhood, my teenage years and my adult life, trying to understand what Sophia had shared with me in the book. And so is it okay to, to move on to the book to share of course. What she shared with me. Yeah. Okay. So Feast and Famine, Healing Addiction with Grace was the name of the book that Sophia gave me. And basically she said to me, the first thing she ever said to me in the book is that there is only one form of addiction on our planet and that is to suffering. And then wow. we choose our, our vice or our substance to, to perpetuate or wallow in the suffering. And that she had a four-part path that I wrote, I called it Sophia's Divine Healing Path, that are four spiritual concepts that she believes is the path to moving into recovery. And so the first, um, the first of the four is the concept that pain is inevitable. So we cannot get through this life without pain. We are mind, body, spirit, and emotion. And so there's going to be pain in any part of our life. Or, and once we have pain in one of those, it impacts the other. So just like death and taxes, you can't get out of pain. But most people are always trying to avoid pain. They're doing whatever they can to, to numb the pain and get out of the pain. So we have to recognize that and accept the pain. The and acknowledge the pain. And so the next spiritual concept is that suffering is an option. So what's unique about that is that people think pain and suffering are the same thing. Let's, we could just start there, but they're not. They're two different things. So we know pain is inevitable, but suffering is an option. So you, you're choosing to suffer. You, you're not necessarily choosing the pain, but you're choosing to suffer. And so in order to get out of that level of suffering is the third one, which is surrender is required. Now, what do we mean by surrender? Surrender yeah. is not, geez, I wish I was no longer an addict. This really sucks. And I wish I had a better life. That's not surrender. That's a wish. Surrender is, and I'm sure you've, Grease, you've, you've, you've surrendered in your life. Surrender Every freaking is day, like, man. <laughs> yeah, you when you give it up to God, right? Or you give it up to Goddess, or you give it up to Gaia. It doesn't matter, yeah. right? Give it up to to any anybody. Give it up to yourself. But it's when you just really give it up, right? And you're like, I am no longer doing this. I am done, and the divine 
knows the difference between when you are in wishful thinking and when you're in surrender. And the way that you know you're in surrender is that most often within minutes, hours, one day, this you have this epiphany as to why you were in pain to begin with and why you were suffering. It's like one of those shower moments, you know, when you have a problem and then you're in the shower and then you have the solution. That's what happens in suffering because what happens from suffering, um, excuse me, surrender is required is number four, which is grace must be allowed. And so this is interesting language. So grace is exciting, right? Those are all the opportunities that you get to help you with move into recovery and to find the best person to do your healing work with and to find a group and to find support and to have synchronistic events happen to help you in your life. But it must be allowed. And that's the key language that she had in the book because quite honestly, some people are very much attached to the role that they play in life, the role they play in their family, with their friends and you know they're the the the, the person that's never that's a i mean i hate to use the word loser but right like people get attached to the labels sometimes they're listening to their parents tapes you know their childhood tapes you'll never amount to anything all of these things and and so sophia says grace must be allowed and so that's a whole nother level. So to repeat, Sophia's divine healing path is pain is inevitable. Suffering is an option. Surrender is required. And grace must be allowed. And so for me, after I learned those, the first time I wrote the book, I really wasn't listening. I mean, I was listening, but I wasn't living it. I was listening enough to write the book. But then once I was in recovery, once I was surrendered, then all of the support that I needed from my life in order to be able to sustain recovery came to me. So and can I ask you, Robin? Yes, Really please. quickly. So I guess yeah. um, Well, two things. One, like, how did you get into recovery? Did you go to the hospital, the rehab, or just something? Like, how did that happen? And then number two, do you feel like this fourth step, which is grace must be allowed, how do you think that's tied into like, well, you mentioned like, well, this is a role I have or whatever, but it is tied into like the worthiness, like, am I really worthy of this, right? Yes, yes, yes. So tied into the worthiness. So, so to answer your first question, um, for me, recovery, I did not follow a 12-step program. I guess for me, that would be Overeaters Anonymous. Mm -hmm. I started to follow and the, the teachings in the book, Feast and Famine, okay. Healing with Grace. And then I have a wonderful um, uh, therapist that I work with. And she was with me um, before, during, and after. And so I started moving to going to therapy once a week to be able to to move deeply into recovery and to, and to sustain it. Um, and then um, uh, what I discovered is 
in order to stay in long-term recovery, I had to, I had to come into what I call congruence, which is I had to start living my life with day-to-day um, emphasis on all four components of mind, body, spirit, and emotion. And in fact, I have a, an ongoing to-do list to see every day, am I touching all four of those on a daily basis? So am I reading, am I meditating, am I exercising, am I eating healthy? <coughs> that to-do list always sounds so daunting to everyone, you know, but we know that we, that's congruence. And I believe that when you are congruent in your life, when, you, when you're touching all four of the four components, mind, body, spirit, and emotion, that's when you can stay in long-term recovery. And so I would say that is my process is that I went to deep therapy right. to reveal my trauma because it's our trauma. So we're born into self-love. Agreed. You would agree with that, right? We're just these yummy little yes. babies, right? Born into self-love. And then we start being subjected to um, bullying by potentially even our parents and our siblings and our teachers and, and, uh, and our peers. And then that, then that moves us into self-loathing. And if we don't get the help we, we need, which most people don't because our parents don't understand that, then self-loathing, if not healed, turns into suffering. And suffering, if not healed, opens the door for addictive substances or addictive behaviors. And then of course the key, and this is what I wrote to you about when, when I asked to be a guest, is we've got to, we've now have to come full circle back into self, the self-love that we were when we were born. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. So, Moving on then, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you, um, so you're going to therapy, you're seeing your, your, your therapist, and somehow it becomes easier for you to follow the instructions that you received from Sophia? Yes, it, yes, because, because anything's harder in addiction, right? Anything you try to do is hard when you're, when you're obsessed with what you're going to, for me, Remember, you know, in eating, dis eating disorders are, you know, people may look at them and say, oh, big deal, right? Eating disorders. In fact, they're not even really called, they're not even called um, addictions, but I call them addictions because I think anything that you do over and over again that's harmful to you is an addiction. And, and so for an eating disorder, you know, three times, that's three times a day plus snacks, where I would be tormented by my obsessive eating and my, and my choice to choose to purge or not. So, um, so yeah, so it, it, it was an, it was interesting to be able to get out of that mindset. It's so freeing. Oh my goodness. Um, and I, and I do that the way that I do that with food disorder is I actually am very conscious about what I'm eating all day. I try to eat mostly healthy and then, and then make room for uh, uh, sweets and things when it, when, when I truly desire it, you know, not, 
not as a way to make myself feel better or punish myself. Mm -hmm. So I have a healthy relationship with sweets now, <laughs> with sugar. So then, and I like that. I like that you say that because extremes are always, I mean, that's just, well, that's another part of addiction, right? Like it has to be perfect. No, no, it doesn't have to be perfect. So like yeah. into this healing and the, the, the same grace necessary to, you know, that we need to allow to heal us is the same grace to continue in the practice of walking out this recovery, right? Um, oh, for sure. Yes, for sure. Um, grace, you know, grace is all around us. Um, it is, you know, it is us. We are grace, right? We are, we are a part of and all of the divine. So when I say the divine, I'm talking about all universal energies, all uh, all different dimensions, uh, all beings of light, all other humans, all animals, the earth, all of the oneness of the universe. And we are that. We are a part of and all of it, right? And because we're a part of it, we're all of it, right? So it's almost like if, if the divine universe was a, the ocean and our physical body was a dropper, and we took a dropper and we put it into the ocean and we then filled it. And what we're filling it is, is with our soul energy, right? But so the question becomes, are we just that soul energy or are we the entire divine ocean? Right. And so you could go, you could answer either way, right? We are our own individual soul energy, but we're also part of the global, the global, the universal soul or the divine and so how, how did you, like, I'm curious to know, you said you were 17 or 17 years ago that you received the download from Sophie. Oh, well, so download from, I was 17 when Sophia came into my life. I didn't know that then. That's what she told me, that she had been preparing me to write this book since I'm 17. It mm -hmm. just took me 40 years to get out of the, 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 way. the addiction. I, 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 to be honest, I started... My mom put me on a diet when I was seven, my mm. mom and my grandmother. And so that started a, 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 an incorrect relationship with food and body image. Mm. And then when I was 17 and basically, you know, everybody was getting stoned and getting the munchies, I, I developed this habit of purging the food so that I wouldn't gain any weight. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then it just stuck with me. And it, it is not a weight loss tool, believe me. Uh, most people who are bulimic are heavy because what happens is your body goes into starvation mode and says, are we going to get any food here? What's going on? She's eating and then she's throwing up. He's eating and then he's throwing up. We better hold on to every single calorie that we have um, and not lose any weight because, because we don't know where the next food is coming from. So from, it's interesting. It's taken me about two years for my body to believe me that I'm not going to put it into starvation mode. Right. And so now I've been able to actually lose weight. I'm losing weight naturally. And um, it's just coming off because I'm maintaining a certain reasonable calorie limit and drinking my water and taking a walk every day. I'm not obsessive about it. I'm just trying to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, 
Okay, cool. Yeah. Then tell us more about. So, like, yeah. What's the? I mean, you're 17 and you're hearing this. I would be like, whoa, what's happening? Like, who is Elwood? Well, <laughs> I didn't hear Sophia then. Although, I mean, I was about seven. I was I was in my early 20s when I had my first uh, in, encounter with with spirit. I was actually uh, in a CPA firm working during tax season, <laughs> and in a bullpen full of all young people. And I stood up and I said, I've got to go to New York. And they all looked at me like I had two heads, right? And I picked up my <laughs> purse. I ran out the door. I took a taxi to the train station. And I called my family and I said, meet me at grandma's hospital room this afternoon. And, and she died in my arms wow. um, in New York. So that was like my first time I... I, I ever started listening, you know, listening for spirit. And then it just became more and more profound as I, as I, you know, matured in my spiritual studies, as well as uh, I started healing, healing myself, because the more healed I became over my traumas, the less guilt and shame I was carrying about my traumatic life and my and my addiction that I was able to open the door to allow spirit to speak to me more. Now, you know, some people ask me, well, that's a gift. And I'm like, I always say, it's a gift that we all have because we just don't know it. Um, it's not a gift that I have. It's just an expectation that I have that if the divine realm has something to say to me, I will hear it. And it's as simple as that. I don't even question whether I can hear it or not. I just know that I will get the message, whether it comes from a direct message or a grace-filled synchronistic event or an opportunity to be on a podcast with you, right? It's, it's however it shows up. But I believe that my entire life is a gift and, and, a, and a collaboration with spirit. Wow. Yeah. So how about if you can tell us a little bit, like, how does that, like, how can that work? Of course, besides, you know, reading your books, if you could tell mm -hmm. us, for example, what's one day of me, or if anybody listening, practice being open to listening to the divine, to listen, yes. have access to this. Yes. Yeah, I like that question. Thank you. So the first thing I would do is when when you wake up is immediately to go into a gratitude prayer. Immediately, before you even get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, as soon as you're consciously awake, yeah. then you to be grateful for the opportunity to be alive and the opportunity to serve others. And then to see how you're serving, I ask the opportunity to serve, um, to serve. I always thank God for making me awake. And then I ask some of my more uh, significant spiritual guides. I, I say, thank you for this opportunity to share your wisdom. Thank you for this opportunity to be of service to others through the spoken and written word. And so however you are being of service, you know, you could be a, a nurse and you're helping people to heal. That's being of service. 
right? You're doing this podcast. I don't know if you have another work, but certainly this podcast is such a service to people in the recovery community. So to wake up every day in gratitude for how you're serving is the is what it almost sets the environment for your ability to to communicate and then to also stay in the positive to see life for the gift that it is and to ask for things in the positive if you need things ask see them ask for them in a positive way don't ask for what you don't want ask for what you do want so let's say you need more funds to yeah. pay for your life see yourself vibrant and abundant and seeing yourself not only paying your bills but also giving to charity if you so desire all of these things bring you into alignment with the with the energy that is your soul and the energy that is the universe and when you can stay in alignment so how do you know you're in alignment with the universe when you're in a good mood you're you're living from love and you're in alignment when you're in a crappy mood you're living from fear and you're living out of alignment it's right. kind of pretty simple with that right so the more that you know that you could say how may i serve today you know what bring please bring me opportunities to serve please bring me the people that that i need to help the people that can help me and please communicate with me however you want to so for example um, I, I had a birthday the other day and I was driving with my son and a hawk flew in front of my car, which is my power animal. And my son, I didn't, I just said, oh, look, a hawk. And my son's like, yeah, happy birthday to you, mom, from the hawk. So I was like, thank you, Garrick. I would have missed that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was so busy driving and not, you know, trying to pay attention to driving. But here, my son, right, who's grown up on this, was yeah. confident that that was a message from the hawk wishing me a happy birthday. Yeah. Right. So we don't, it's happening synchronistic events. That's like a, a whole wonderful other conversation. You know, maybe we could do this again. Of course. <laughs> but synchronicity yeah. is, is such a crazy topic because I believe that synchronistic events happening 24 seven for us, we just don't necessarily pay attention to them. Exactly. And so, so we need to start looking for them. We need to start looking when the universe is giving us a gift and talking to us. And the more you do that, the more you are connected to your own spiritual team. One other thing I would recommend is that you start writing, start, start, um, start journaling. Um, you know, write a message, say, dear Dear God, dear goddess, dear Gaia, dear, dear angels, and, and start writing and, and telling them how you feel and asking questions. And that opens up a channel to them for them to respond to you in your writing. And then it just, the, and, and I guess the most biggest thing I would say is believe with all of your heart that that level of communication is possible for you. I don't believe otherwise. And that was the real key for me. That's when I started truly communicating was when I truly believed it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I would say to your, to your listeners. Yeah. Believe that's, it. Uh, that's an interesting one to believe it because 
I think a lot of, well, people in general, you know, in other systems of patriarchal religion, you think, well, if I'm not good, then I don't get this. If I'm not good, then I believe yes. I'm not good. So once that, and that, I, I, I believe, honestly, is part of why we don't feel worthy enough to even deserve the grace to begin with. So once we can get rid of all those lies, um, and like you said, just pursue this, these synchronicities, living with awe, regardless of what we've been told we need to perform in order perform quote-unquote in order no yeah that's that's just not true you know that's all part of as you said that's part of the religious dogma <clears throat> but it isn't even how the universe works right they want to give us exactly what we ask for but the problem is, too, we ask for what we don't want. I know I alluded to that a little bit before. So, for example, um, um, when I first had my first um, retreat center, I would say to the universe, could I just have enough people to break even on this event? And let's say break even is 10 people right? Finally, my guides were like, stop with this break even stuff. We want to bring you 20 people, but we can only bring you 10. Because you're saying, I, I just need to break even, right? I just need enough money to pay my bills. Well, why do you just need enough to pay your bills? How about I need enough money to be abundant in order to pay my bills and to enjoy my life and to be of service to others? Why don't we deserve that, right? So that's what I'm saying. You should always, whenever you want something from the universe, say, I, I, uh, I would like X or more, whichever, whichever, is, uh, whichever is more abundant, right? <laughs> whichever right. makes me more abundant. Like the universe just wants us to be abundant, and they want to help us, but they can't help us unless we ask them. That's one of the rules, right? They have to know that we're open to receiving their help. So ask for help, everybody. Yeah. And ask, I mean, ask for help with uh, worthiness, <laughs> allowing. Right? Yeah, allowing, right? Because that's important because we've had a lot of people tell us we're not deserving, right? Uh, you know, throughout the years, and um, especially ourselves. So let's, let's accept our lives for what they are. Let's take accountability for the part that we've had in it. Let's forgive ourselves. Let's forgive others. Even if you never talk to them, you can still forgive them. And then, and then if you need to ask others for forgiveness, do that. They'll, they'll graciously accept your forgiveness. And if they don't, know that that's not about you. That's about them. They're not ready to, to forgive you. That's not anything about you. Yeah. You still do the work yourself. And all of that, all of that keeps you in recovery. Yeah. Right? Because you're living very squarely in the present moment. When you're in recovery, truly in recovery, you are in the present moment. You're not in regret of the past or fear of the future. And this is, and, and in the present moment is where your spiritual team leave, lives. And so if you want to communicate with them, you've got to stay in the present. 
Right. Recovering. Keep. I feel like I always like the word recovery is like getting your life back right here, right now. That's what you're recovering. Like. Yes. Yes. In the present moment, because that's the only we have. We only have the present moment, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where we can make such a difference. One of the things that I do is um, that I'm so excited about, and it's, it's a new process for this year, is I work with people in recovery or anyone that has a, has a wonderful story to tell about their lives. And I help them to put that into a book format. Mm-hmm. Now, I help them to actually, let me say it differently. I help them to put it into a manuscript. So the first round of writing your story is for your own personal healing. It's about getting everything out of you and onto, a, onto that piece of paper. So it's not, you're not holding it in any longer. Then what we decide is, do I want to publish this or share it with others as a way to help them with their healing. So my writing coaching is really two parts. The first is writing for your own recovery, and the second is publishing it for others' recovery. And so I'm very excited about this new program, and I feel like it's combined everything that I've done um, in my life, and I'm just, I'm thrilled beyond thrilled. And, I, and I'm seeing such progress with my writing clients. I mean, most of them have never written anything like me. I never wrote a thing before I wrote my first book other than business documents. And right. so, you know, that's not a, that shouldn't stop you. <laughs> it shouldn't stop you because you've never written before. Um, oh, and it's so healing, right? To journey. Oh, it's wonderful. Journey. Wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful. And um, and the more that you can put yourself into the book without fear of humiliation or persecution, that was my big thing that I had to get over. Um, my big fears were humiliation and persecution. And the way that I got over it was realizing that no one can judge me unless I give them the title of judge. <laughs> if I don't give them that title, then they can't judge me. They can think they're judging me, but I would never take it that way. I would just take it as them sharing their perspective. And that's what I say to them. Thank you for your perspective. Um, I'll take it under advisement. But I don't <laughs> let it tear me apart, right? Because they're not the judge. But or stop for years from- and years and years, everyone was a judge of me because I had a fear of humiliation and persecution. But once I was able to heal that, now, no one, no one can judge me. They can dislike me. They can um, think I'm, you know, crazy or whatever. <laughs> but they can't judge me because I, I control that. Yeah. And good, uh, good it's been so helpful. Advice. That's a wonderful it's help- piece of advice, yeah. Yeah, so, yes, I think so, too. And it took me... 60 years to figure that one out. <laughs> hey, I'm, that, I'm, glad I'm letting them judge me. Yeah. Yes. So if I can talk to your younger viewers and tell them that that's exciting um, because that make, will make such a difference in their lives. Yeah, for sure. Lives. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I even see it, you know, even when I began this podcast, Ooh. I mean, I got some nasty emails and comments and, you know, I was talking about 
you know, the limitations of belief systems and religion and cultural prisons and, you know, <laughs> getting in trouble left and right. But I was like, you know, this is, I, and, and it's exactly what you mentioned, the fear of humiliation and persecution is what I had to just like, it's like a cape that is like, okay, I'm going to take that off. I'm going to speak my voice because otherwise I'm going to be sick and die, you know, in pain mm -hmm. and suffering. And I wasn't born for that. So thank you for saying yeah. it's huge. It's very important. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. And interesting on, uh, there's a book I read during my recovery that I found very helpful. Um, it's called The Big Leap. Um, and the author is Gay Hendricks. And Gay talks about the idea that you know, every day we're trying to live in our zone of brilliance. And that's like when we're really proficient and good at what we know um, and who we are. But what we're all really striving for is to be in our zone of genius. But what stops us from being in our zone of genius, you know, our true purpose for being here, our true, our true nature is what he calls upper limit beliefs. And so it's really important to find those upper limit beliefs. For me, it was the fear of persecution and the fear of humiliation. And so once I was able to, you know, get to clear those, right, to figure out how to heal that, now I'm out here living and, and living what I believe to be my true purpose and speaking from my zone of genius um, and living from there. So that's an important, though, that's an important book, I think, for people to consider if they want to up, if they want to upgrade their life, even yeah. today, because you have to understand what's stopping you from living that zone of genius. Um, and it's not typically that you don't know something, it's, it's typically a belief system. As, and so since you're so knowledgeable on that, I, I'm sure you would agree that it's our beliefs that stop us from fulfilling our destiny on this planet. Oh, absolutely. It's just the programming. I always tell my clients and whoever I'm talking to is like, the, is that from the outdated software that needs to be? Yeah. You know, because it's, doesn't, it's not serving you. you know, it's yeah. Maybe it helped you once when you were little to protect you or to keep you safe here and there, but it is not true being you and, um, you know. Yeah, and people, people will say things to you that, um, that you know, test, test how you're going to react. Um, uh, so here's a good example. When my mom read Feast and Famine, so my mom played this, Tony award-winning performance on keeping me in my food addiction for 40 years, right? She was awesome at it. I, I hired her before I even got here. I think we had a soul meeting and I said, hey, can you come here and drive me crazy for 40 years? <laughs> and, and she did, right? And then, and then we, we came to an agreement. I told her the play was closed. Um, and that, you know, we'd have to find other things to speak about. And then she read the book and she said to me, um, <clears throat> wow, if I had known you had an eating disorder, maybe I would have done things differently. Oh, and wow. my, my mentor, my therapist mentor says to me, there's, she has an expression and what she always says is, I'm not surprised. 
I love that expression. And I, I said to her, this, is, this was the most, the biggest I'm not surprised moment of my life when my mom said, why, if I had known about that, I would have been different. And I'm like, what do you mean if you'd known about that? We've been talking about it for 30 years, <laughs> right? But it, it's like, I'm not surprised. So people will give you all of these I'm not surprised moments, right? Yeah. Where you're making these changes in your life and then all of a sudden they'll like zing you, right? Yeah. But what, how are you going to take this? Not, I'm not surprised. So my answer to her was, well, what is it about this that I can tell you now, mom, that will make you more informed? What is it that you're missing so that we can have a healthier relationship going forward? Years ago, I would have been like freaking out, right? That she said something like that to me. But from this place of grounded recovery mm-hmm. and this place of, of, of um, knowing who I am now and knowing what's important to me, I was able to respond to her in a way that was like, how can I help you? How can I serve you to feel better about my, my problem, you know, my situation as your daughter? Yeah. And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. But boy, it was like, oh, that's quite the I'm not surprised moment. <laughs> what did she say? What, like, what did your mom say when you're like, how can I help you? She's like, well, I, I wasn't, I don't think I knew about this. And I'm like, okay, well then let's sit down and talk about my story so that you're clear about this. Like, I didn't want to say to her, you know, she is 93. So we're going to cut her a little bit of slack. Right. But (laughs) right. Maybe she doesn't remember. Maybe it's as simple as that, but maybe she also doesn't want to feel bad. Right. And And so we did, we sat down and talked about it again. And what it turned out to be was that she just didn't know all the details. Mm. Not that she didn't know that I had a problem, right? So when we got to sit down and talk about it, we got to talk about more of the details. And now we're fine. We don't talk about it anymore. It's over. You know, the conversation is over. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean... Being a mother is a learning process for sure. <laughs> it, it is. It is. But the healthier we are, you know, the healthier the our the kids. kids will be. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like what Bernie yeah. talks about, like, you don't need a parenting, but you need to you heal. <laughs> the better you take care of yourself and go in for your traumas and open up to grace and release your, you know, your addiction to suffering or whatever then the kids will thrive because yeah. sensing everything. They will thrive. Through, you know, yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to, to share with your listeners that I do offer on my website, um, I do offer a free 30-minute um, consultation with me. Okay. It's just- and we could talk about anything. <laughs> I just, you know, it's my way of giving back. And um you know, I'm, I'm really interested in talking to people that have really, you know, that something is, something is, they're missing something in their recovery, or uh, they want to even write about what they're doing, or they just, they just need some guidance. And so I offer that for anyone that signs up. Thank you. I was just going to ask that, like, where can people reach you? I know, and I'm going to put your, yeah. your webpage and your Instagram yeah. on, on the podcast, but 
Um, I think it's done. Yes. So my, yeah, it's clarity.com, C-L-A-R-E-I-T-Y.com. And then on, on Instagram, it's Clarity by Robin. And on Facebook, it's Clarity with Robin. Okay, so it's Clarity by Robin, Clarity with Robin. I'll put all of yeah. that here on the podcast. And then... Uh, Thank you. Also, all of your books are available online as well. The Messiah with uh, the Vatican Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Messiah. Yeah, they're they're everywhere, all the all the regular places, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah, at Messiah Within is a guide to embracing your inner divinity. Um, the Divine Keys is eighteen keys to living a dividing, divinely guided life, and Feast and Famine is about healing uh, addiction with grace, working with Sophia's divine healing path. Wonderful. This has been so fun to have you on here. I know we're kind of running out of time. Thank you. I definitely would love to have you back whenever you can and talk. Just, I'm interested. I love to hear more about like, you know, how, how Sophia talks to you and how like the experience with all these guys and just, you know. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. And interesting, (laughs) interesting. When I first started doing the podcast, I was going to sort of hide behind that you know, a little bit and just not bring, bring that up, but that didn't feel authentic to me. And so if I'm, if I'm saying to everybody, live your authentic life, I, I think I have to do that as well. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Right. Yes. I got to walk the walk. Walk the walk. Yes. So thank you so much for having me on. I, I greatly appreciate it. Oh yeah. It's my pleasure. This has been great. And you know, more resources, more stories, more opportunities for everyone, whoever's listening to, um, to heal and to grow and to take back our lives, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen to that. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you everybody for hopping on to Tales of Recovery and have a beautiful day. Bye.